Blog Talk Radio. Another edition of the Total Sports Live podcast here on Blog Talk Radio. And like I said before, any and every podcast that we do, you can check it out on multiple platforms. As always, you can check it out on blogtalkradio.com, backslash Total Sports Live. Or you got a smartphone, iPhone, Android, or even a tablet, Nexus, Amazon Fire, iPad. If you got an app store, just go to it, search the TuneIn Radio app, and then from there, download it in the TuneIn Radio app. Uh, search Total Sports Live, TSL Podcast. Really appreciate everybody that listens to us from over there and follows us on there as well. And also, we're on iTunes. Yes, folks, you got that good old iPhone. Go to the podcast section, search the TSL Podcast, and go hit that subscribe button. Really appreciate everybody listening to us over there as well. That leaves a review because they're always looking better to improve the podcast. If you know, wanted to talk about the things that you want to talk about that's going on, not only in the Philadelphia sports world, but in the sports world in general. And also, don't forget, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe on iTunes as well to the Realist Philadelphia Podcast, the Realist Philadelphia Podcast, uh, Philadelphia Sports Podcast, excuse me, done by Dio Royster, writer at com. Check it out. Very good podcast right now. Dio's, I think, three episodes in, so check that out on iTunes. And also, check out Tension License by our very own Alex McKeon and a Kaylee Jackson, both follow the NHL very, both follow the, the, the NHL, excuse me, and they write some great stories on Total Sports Live as well, and they break down the NHL on a weekly basis. They just came back uh, from their, from their, uh, we'll say all-star break themselves, talking about the all-star game and, and the other things and happening around the National Hockey League, so check that out and subscribe on iTunes too. But since we got that all out the way, we got a lot of things to talk about on tonight's show. Um, we're going to be talking about um, Joel Embiid. The Sixers rookie big man was snubbed in terms of the All-Star game. He joins the All-Snub team with Damian Lillard, um, who else, Mike Conley, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert. Embiid joins that, joins that list. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about should he have made, been an all-star over a guy like Paul Millsap? We're also uh, going to be uh, talking about LeBron James. LeBron James was in the news this week, not about not because of this play, but because of what he said in the media and after game uh, this week. So we're going to talk about that. What his outburst called for, or should he have not said that? And we're also going to talk about Carmelo Anthony. Where will Melo go? Will he stay in New York? Will he go to the Clippers? Will he go somewhere else? But we're going to be talking about that too as well. But before we get into all that on the on the uh, on the podcast, joining me right now is Philadelphia hip hop artist Kid Wiz joining us here on the line. Angela will be joining us very shortly. But we got Kid Wiz on the line talking some NBA. Like you already know, I had to bring him on to talk some NBA because we chop it up a lot when it comes to the NBA and. Like I said, man, we got to start off talking about Joel Embiid. Embiid was snubbed for the All-Star game. It sent Twitter into a frenzy. Sixers fans were kind of disgusted that Paul Millsap, who played for the Atlanta Hawks, got in somehow, some way, and not Embiid. And there's a lot of people that said, you know, maybe Embiid should have been in the All-Star game over Millsap, even though – he hasn't played in as many games. He doesn't play in back-to-back. But the numbers, they say, he's averaging 20 points in 25 minutes. That's ridiculous. What are your thoughts on Embiid, you know, being snuffed for the All-Star game? I mean, when, when you're talking Embiid, I, I don't feel as though um, – to me, I, it's not that big to me. Um, 
you can say for pride's sake, you know, he should have been named. But then again, Paul Mills said it's ironic that we're having this conversation after the day he had today, you know, 37 <laughs> right. W over, a, you know, a cooking, scorching Carmelo Anthony. So, I mean, I'm going to say this, though. Joel Embiid is, he for all the right things he is for Philadelphia, I don't, I don't really buy into that he got snubbed. Um, you got to remember, um, fans had a major vote, but this year the difference is players and, and media had a vote. And despite his um, charisma, it, I mean, some people look at it differently. The same way, you know, um, you as a writer might look at other writers who only got to have to write one time a year or two times a month and say, goodness gracious, like, what, like you know, like, it's it's a different field. So I'm going to look mm-hmm. at it as, look, he didn't get in this year. Um, the Sixers are doing what I think is perfect for him um, with this whole resting and everything. Um, I, I, I'm not – I'm not a big fan of uh, really caring about the All-Star game. If you get there, you get there. Um, It's just a fun weekend. I mean, so he's going to be there. He's playing Friday, I believe. Yeah, he's playing Friday. Right. So, I mean, he's going to be there. He's going to get the experience. Of course, he's going to have his moments down there. So, I'm not – I really don't care about the snub. Yeah, I would agree with you as well. I don't think it was a snub necessarily because we also got to remember, you know, for rookies to even get into the All-Star game, it's tough. And a lot of you hear a lot of people saying, you know, it's tough for rookies because they got to kind of earn their stripes. They got to kind of earn their way into the game. And a lot of people, like said, a lot of people, like in B, he's only played 25 minutes a game, and he's only and he's not playing in every game. So a lot of players, a lot of people might view him as a part-time player. Like, fans, you know, we, like you said, we had, fans had a vote, I think, with 50% of the vote. And the fans, you know, they did their job when it comes to the front court. He was top three, only behind uh, Giannis and LeBron. So he did his job there, but when it came to the players and the coaches, like you said, they viewed him differently. His, 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 the people that he plays against view him differently, and the coaches view him differently. And the players might say that, why should we reward a guy who only has played 25 minutes a game, hasn't played in every game, why should we reward him to be in the to be in the game where, like you said, you have a guy like Kevin Love who's in there, a guy like Paul Millsap who, you know, he's having a pretty solid season himself, averaging 17.6 points a game, eight rebounds, mm-hmm. 3.7 assists, and 33 minutes. And him and Embiid almost have the same number shooting from the field. He's shooting 44% from the field at 33 from three-point range. So a lot of players will view him as, well, why should we put him in over a guy like Millsap who's been in the league and has played at a consistent high level? And the coaches probably feel the same way too. Coaches mm-hmm. felt, felt, felt the same way. And that, and that showed when it was coming out to the starters that I think Kevin Love, when it came to the starters and it came to the media and no, not the media. When it came down to the coaches and a player's vote, he was ranked hot. Kevin Love was ranked higher than him. So, like you said, I don't think I see that. I don't see that as snub either. Like you said, he's still going to be there. Like <laughs> he wasn't going to not be there. Like he's going to be in the Rising Star Challenge, playing with Zach Levine, Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, I think Levine's in it. I don't know. Moody uh, Age, Jamal Murray, Okafor. That was a surprise. Mm-hmm. Local for still got in despite being a DMP a lot. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be there, like you said. So Coach K made see that a snub. All right. <laughs> you right about that. He probably did. You got to get, got to get Jai, and you know it's not his fault. It's not his fault that he's, he's, I, I he's say, in this situation. Um, the, the biggest thing I look at with Embiid, though, um, and the, the reason I'm just, I'm just happy down there, despite being in the all-star game or whatever. Well, I mean, being around that atmosphere and his charisma, um, it's starting to rub the league differently. You know, like um, mm-hmm. now there's this there's this aura to Philadelphia um, basketball that we haven't had since Allen Iverson. And, um, of course, everybody's going to make the comparisons to, you know, what he's doing on a metric level, you know, looking at, um, the per 36s and, mm-hmm. you know, his ability, his range. Uh, okay, I, I don't really care about that as much as the fact that, one, he's playing good, 
to his liveliness is is so is so what uh, it's just so contagious on the team. You know, when um TJ McConnell who was here since last who was here last year, um, is now just looking like he he's enjoying playing basketball versus last year where, you know, they were just going through the motions. Um, I'm not a big Robert Covington fan, but at least, at least now the game to these guys is looking more like fun than a job. And, you know, that's that's big in the sense, too, that with all this cap space and, and opportunity, now a upstart player who feels as though they're ready to take that next that next step, we're really on the, the radar for these players now. So deeper than just what, what Joel Embiid is doing on the court, it's the effect he's having off the court where now, you know, players in, in other cities are, are seeing us on ESPN and saying, you know what, they're not there yet, but I can go there. I mean, and that's that, that, that energy and charisma he's bringing is definitely like just ringing all around the league. So that's, that's the biggest thing I can take from Joel Embiid. I, I mean, all-star game, having them down there and having these same players who are looking, saying, maybe I want to – maybe Philly might be a destination. Now getting to see him in person, you know, is definitely going to – getting to see him off court, like in person in his, you know, joking way might push them over the edge and make Philly a hot spot this summer. No, that's a good point. That's That's an excellent point. Like you said, he's kind of he's put the that's that's the crazy part. Like he's put the Sixers back on the map because when we were mm-hmm. before coming into the season, it was more about before he got injured. It was more about Ben Simmons was going to put the Sixers on the map. He was the reason why they got two national three national TV games up front against the Thunder on opening night and and the Lakers and against the Timberwolves. You know, he was the reason why they got those games. Not in B. It was a mystery if you what we were going to know from but it's Simmons, you're like, we know what we're going to get from him. But Simmons hasn't played yet. And Embiid is kind of mm-hmm. taking that spotlight and now saying, you know, being a dominant big man because we don't we don't see we don't see a lot of dominant big men. We do see a lot let me let me change that. We do see a lot of dominant big men in the in in the NBA. But not as dominant as in B. Like the way Embiid plays, you know, it's not a physical game like a DeMarcus. It's more of a finesse game, but he still gets points, you know. And I think that's what a lot of people are probably thinking, you know, too. Like, should we bring the center position back in the all-star game? Like, should we have a definite mm-hmm. Should we go back to the, you know, to the position selection? Should we go by a point guard, shooting guard, power forward, center? Because, you know, just having the three front court thing, I know the NBA is more small ball. We know, we all know this, mm-hmm. but there's still some dominant centers in B. We're talking about just in the East in B. Um, Andre Drummond, uh, Hassan Whiteside, you know, dominant big mm-hmm. men in the, in the East. And then in the West, I mean, you got DeMarcus, uh, DeAndre Jordan, Rudy Gobert, who, you know, you talk about a dude whose wingspan is ridiculous. Like, this mm-hmm. league man is ridiculous. I mean, so maybe now, maybe the league got to consider that too. I, I do want to say I feel as though um, Shaq was probably the last center that you wanted to see in the All Star game. Right. You look at the 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 and and this is why there's another reason why I bring up the character of Joel Embiid because those big players are, you know, like when they say um, defense wins championships, you know, the big bruiser guy is never fun to watch, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's this, I mean, All-Star Weekend is strictly for entertainment. It's not for the sport, you know. It's, it's right. for the fans. <laughs> it's appreciation. And, uh, you know, so the league, I mean, they, they realize that. They realize fast dunking and 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 tricks are what, it all star weekend is. So you look at um Shaq and his prime, he was so charismatic that mm-hmm. when he went to All Star Weekend you wanted to see him, you know. And Joel Embiid is close to there already in his first year because he's so outspoken and not in a bad way that you wanna see him there 
but the Sixers have to be, you know, they have to have more games um, in on ESPN, more games where people get to see Joel straight up. So um, mm-hmm. he's not quite on that Shaq entertainment level yet, but that's why I understand why the league kind of started shying away from big men because, let's be real, outside of a DeAndre Jordan who – DeAndre made it this year, I believe? Yep. Did he? Yeah, so yep. um, DeAndre Jordan or 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 um, I mean he's not going to make it. But outside of DeAndre Jordan or Javale McGee, there aren't really like high flying um, big men in the league. Mm-hmm. So you kind of you know that's that 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 becomes the game. Mark Gasol made it because they had to put him in there because he had been snubbed before. So you know outside of that. The big men aren't the entertainment value. It's like it's like wrestling almost All Star Weekend. It's just <laughs> a show of it's just a show of flexing. Like this is the entertainment value. So you know, um, I'm not mad. Like I said, I'm not mad that he made it because the first year he does make it, which will probably be next year, um, they'll just it'll just bolster what the Sixers see and and want to do with him. Um, and what the league sees and wants to do with him. So, you know, shame he didn't make it this year, but I'm not. I'm 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 not one of the fans that's crying about it. No, yeah, no doubt. And you mentioned he's outspoken in a good way. We're going to talk about a player coming up who was outspoken this week in a bad way. But before we get into that, uh, we got my co-host, the one and only Andrew Montoni, joining us here on the podcast. Andrew, before we move on and talk about – the outspoken player who was outspoken in a bad way. Just want to get your quick thoughts on JoJo being snubbed for the All-Star game. Do you think it was a snub, and do you think he should have got in over a guy like a Paul Middlesex? Uh I mean, I definitely think that he had the votes to get in. He definitely had the votes to be put on the team. Um, I don't know. I just think there were a lot of moving parts to it that uh, one way or another led to and influenced the decision. Um I think it's just one of those things that sometimes it happens in professional sports. There are plenty of athletes that get snubbed for all-star games, MVP, you know, gold gloves, like all that. It happens all over. Um, I'm not really necessarily so concerned with him getting, not getting to the all-star game. I'm more concerned with how did he handle it. Like, I would like to see him get pissed and be like, you know what? I'm going to show you on the court why you should have put me in the all-star game. True indeed. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, am I irritated? Irritated, I guess, would be the right word. Irritated, but not like, not, you know, I'm not, I'm not sharpening my pitchfork or, you know, lighting my torch on fire or anything. So, we're not there yet. If he, you know, if he ends up up having like a really good year for the rest of the season, stays healthy and then comes out and, you know, does what he's been doing next season for the full game and doesn't uh, get in. then I will probably go from irritated to pissed. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't necessarily think I I kind of saw it coming. I mean, you know, just because the Sixers have been the joke of the league for so long. And I think there's mm-hmm. still a lot of people out there that aren't taking them that aren't taking them seriously. So you know, but yeah, irritated irritated would be the way to to uh, no, change that emotion. And I think you bring up another great point too. I think a lot of people I think we all can agree that a lot of people still don't take the Sixers seriously. They still don't take them seriously. They're like, oh, they won a couple of games. Oh, okay, yeah, they're doing something. Yeah, you know, they're, they're doing a little something. They're not doing anything big or whatever. They're just, they're just take them there, seriously you know? if they can sneak into the playoffs this year. Okay. Which I don't necessarily no. know will happen, but it's not mathematically impossible. So until it's mathematically <laughs> impossible, then it will be impossible. But as of right now, there's still a chance. So if they slip in, I mean, I'll get some people to take them seriously, and that's on them. Anger is one of, like, the best emotions to channel when you want to, like, prove a point. Channel the anger and use it on the court. Yeah, no doubt. And I think MB did that on uh, Friday night. He came out against the Rockets on ESPN. I think he dropped, like, 32 mm-hmm. points or something ridiculous like that and came out in the opening, uh, opening possession and dunked on Nene. Emphatically, and, you know, every time he every time he falls, I think we all take a big uh, uh we all we all hold our breath every time he falls because every time he falls, you're just like, oh my god, like don't be hurt, 
please get right. up. Stop falling. It's almost like when you see a baby giraffe and they're trying to walk and, you know, they're still trying to get their legs under him. It's like it be. Like, yeah. He's, like, still trying to get his legs under him. So every time he falls, you're just like, don't do that. Don't jump into the stands yeah. for the basketball. We love and giraffes it. are very tall. Do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Now, I will say, now, I will say this. The only thing that I feel like um, will put me in arms is if he doesn't win rookie of the year this year. Um, oh yeah, that's that's probably the only thing like that I I feel like. All right, you can say what you want about you know All Star Weekend, but that 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 guy deserves Rookie of the Year like hands down, especially with the draft class that just came in here and the the woes they're having. So that's on that's the only up in arms that I would see. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you. I think we all be up to arms if he doesn't get rookie of the year. I think we all be getting our pitchforks in the market. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, watch at, out, Frankfurt and Cotman. You're about to get destroyed if Jimmy uh, <laughs> doesn't win rookie of the year. Oh, Frankfurt and Cotman. seen plenty at, of bad decisions and celebrations as well as angry mobs of sports fans. Never know what you're going to get in the Great Northeast. <laughs> You really don't. Hashtag yeah. not my rookie, not my rookie of the year. Um, <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah, we'll start that. Hashtag not my that'll, rookie of the year if he doesn't get it. There you go. That'll that'll be the hashtag. Already plotting for it if it goes down. But <laughs> let's go to another dude who's been yeah, acting a little. I don't want to say childish, but. He said some things just earlier this week, but LeBron James said some things. Yes, your friend and mine, LeBron Mm -hmm. James, came out and uh, said some things, you know, after more after the Cavaliers lost to the Pelicans on Tuesday night, I think it was 124 to 122. He came out after the game saying how, you know, they need they that the Cavs need an effing playmaker and he's about thirty three years old and you know, he was just going off and went up on social media, started talking, but then backtracked and you saw reports saying, you know, him and David Griffin, you know, they weren't on the same page because or or him and the Cavs in general in terms of spending money. He wants the Cavs to spend more money. So they need a playmaker and you know it was just a bad week for the Cavs because you gotta remember we got to remember, uh, before that game against the Pelicans, they had lost to the Spurs, right? They lost to the Spurs. Mm-hmm. They had got blown out by Golden State. They lose to the Pelicans by two. They allowed Terrence Jones to go off for 36 and Drew Holiday to go off for 33. But I was no AD. Kyrie Irving pours in 49 points. They lose. They come back on Wednesday, lose to Sacramento by four. Yeah. And then they come back and beat Brooklyn and beat OKC. But... This is not good for LeBron. It does not look good for him to come out and start acting a little acting a little crazy. Like, we understand that, you know, you need your playmaker, but it's kind of hard when you have X amount of shooters around you and you guys are pretty much close to the cap. You have the highest payroll in the NBA, it seems like. So I guess my question is, was LeBron, was LeBron right or wrong for what he said? Well, first off, screw the Cavs. This is karma coming back to bite them for uh, the year that they snuck in and stole the first pick in the draft when they had no business being in there in the first place. Um, obviously, still a little bit better about that one. Uh, I'll call it what I I'll call it like I say. He's acting like a petulant child. That would be the exact phrase that I would use to describe how he is acting right now. Like LeBron, you're you're paid to play the game. Shut up and play. Like, you know, after, once your playing career is over and you want to, like, start managing in somebody's front, like, in a team's front office and, like, learn the hard way how it's actually done. Like, again, like you just said, they, they have, like, the highest payroll in, in the NBA. Like, they don't have a lot of cash space. What does he expect them to do, pray tell? Like, do you need to give him a lecture like he's five years old and say you can't just snap your fingers and make money up here? I, I, I don't know. I just I think that at this point it's like, well, 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 look, LeBron's bitching that they need a playmaker because I don't know how much time I have left in me. So it really wasn't about the Cleveland Cavaliers and going home and all that crap. And the, after all, was it? it was all about him. 
Um, mm. I don't know. My, my feelings are what they are about him. They are well documented, um, some of which have been conversations that weren't as nice as others, and I will admit that. Uh, so tonight I'm just trying to, yeah. <laughs> but no, like, I just almost, act like a petulant child, and I, I, that's my opinion of him. And, you know, I get it. Like, everyone wants to win, but, you know, there are certain things that you don't uh, pitch to the media that on the record. I think it would have been better handled if he would have done it behind closed doors and given people in the organization their respect instead of going off the way. You know. It's like kind of like airing out your dirty laundry. Like nobody wants to do that. So sure. I'm gonna play devil's advocate, um, and and this is how. Um, first, um, we all know right after his statements, the next day the story <laughs> came out that um, Cleveland had actually turned down the trade for Kevin Lo- um, Kevin Love for um, Carmelo Anthony. Um, yep. Now you know. Despite all of the swirling rumors, we do remember beginning of the season, um, LeBron adamantly said he would love to play with uh, a few players, and on that list, Carmelo Anthony was one of them. Um, Now, I I do believe in timing being everything. Um, I do believe maybe out of frustration, he worded – I mean, he said some things that he shouldn't have said. Yes, 100% wrong for it. And um, you you know my criticism for LeBron has been um, up and down for the last few years, but I will say mm-hmm. he was wrong for how he said it. Um, but I just feel as though you know there's, there's there's always the surface, and then there's everything deeper. And we all know um, the first seven years of his career, um, him and him and the, the Cavs front office or ownership. Um, has and they they butted heads. Um, he left to show them what he's capable of. Came back and said, "Listen, um, if I come back, we're going to do it my way." And you know that plays in the factor of why he holds them by the um, by the jugular every off season. Um, he tells uh-huh. them, "I'm going to resign, but I want you to do A, B, C, X, Y, and Z first. Um, and this. This is, you know, maybe for, for money, maybe for, you know, the team he wants. Um, but he's made it clear that with him coming back to Cleveland and especially every year being a one-year deal, that he's not going to be, you know, um, at their mercy anymore. So take that into consideration and let's add in um, – then I say let's add in the, the – the, that's the sugar of it. Let's add in the spice. Um, Amar Shumpert and J.R. Smith are combined making about 25, 26 on the books. Um, I got to double check the numbers, but, you know, definitely north of $20 million, um, uh-huh. on the books this year. Um, that $20 million could have got you a playmaker because the combination of Amon Shepard and J.R. Smith looked good on paper last year. Don't get me wrong, but they are definitely not 15, um, you know, north of $10 million players. They're definitely not. Um, you have uh, – this league is a up-and-down league. It's a it's a buddy-buddy league, and – when you play with the same team, you have to reinvent yourself. Um, you have to reinvent what you can and can't do so that teams can't figure you out. Now you're getting to the point where we know this guy that's, paid, that's getting paid like $18 million and Tristan Thompson can rebound, but, I mean, scoring is not one of his fortes. So let's, let's mm-hmm. focus on, on, on how to stop him with one man. Kevin Love, you know, his game is limited by everybody else that's around him. So we don't, I mean, looking at it as an opposing team, I don't have to worry about Kevin Love. He's, he, either he's going to get his or he's not because LeBron and Kyrie will take him out of the game before we even have to. Now you look at um, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving. He's not a defensive-minded player. So we're going to, if he gets his, we're going to make sure we get ours on the other end. Now it comes down to, we only have to pressure LeBron. He put, he made sure the players he liked got paid. You know, he made sure his friends got paid. Um, James, yep. James Jones is, is still making money in the NBA. I don't, I don't know how. Right. 
I would like to know. Right. But you know, he's yeah, been he's been LeBron's too. he's been attached to LeBron's hip his whole career. So mm-hmm. you know, like these are guys that get and they're LeBron's people. So at the end of the day, you got to take the good with the bad. There's some history there that I understand where he's coming from, but when you take a step back, he orchestrated the team that is now, and that's on him. That's really on him. I, I've never, I'm not a fan of the Kevin Love for for Kyrie. I mean, for um, Carmelo Anthony trade because that only that that's only going to take away from from what that team does because there'll be less defense and less rebounds. And when you don't have a player like Kevin Love boxing out, Tristan Thompson, Tristan Thomas will, will, will or Thompson will look exactly like he looked before Kevin Love got there. So, you know, you're you're going to have a problem either way. I mean, and the, the, I think he needs to realize that. No, you make, you bring up a lot of great points. And, you know, like you said, contractually, LeBron, he holds Cleveland, like you said, by a juggler every year. Because he does these two-year deals, but the second year is an option where he can opt out and say, I'm going to opt out to re-sign to get my money or I can opt out to say that I'm leave. I don't want to do it. So when you have that, and then you also you also have, you know, that and like I said, Tristan Thompson, he's getting paid a lot of cash and we all know my opinion on Tristan Thompson too. I think he's just a glorified offensive rebounder, a glorified rebounder. A glorified rebounder shouldn't get should be not getting paid eighty million dollars. That's just my thing. He should not be getting paid that much. And maybe Cleveland, maybe they look back and say, Hmm, maybe we shouldn't trade it for Kevin Love and Kevin Andrew Wiggins instead. Because maybe if you have Irving, Wiggins, and LeBron as your, you know, backcourt going to your front court, you may be having something that you can build on for a few years. But that's, again, that's all, you know, high insight. And so when you have, like you said, when you have a guy who, you know, has pretty much hooked his, hooked his friends up, his friends are hooked up on that team. Everybody's getting paid. They're hooked up. And, you know, they're getting paid. Like you said, James Jones, he's somehow on the roster still getting paid. You know, and the thing is, that's been kind of LeBron's hindering on every team he's been in, even with Miami. You know, when he mm-hmm. played against the Spurs in the finals or the Warriors in the finals, we all can agree. They, those Hill Heat teams, or even this Cavs team that he had, they didn't have the strongest bench. Majority of money was placed into the starting lineup. When they were going against teams, mm-hmm. they can go eight or nine, ten deep where they can just, okay, we can just roll this five out right now off our bench and, you know, take them out. And we also got to remember, too, LeBron's complaining. But this was the same dude that pretty much gave his blessing on letting Matthew Delvadova go to the Milwaukee Bucks for a four-year, $38 million deal. And they're complaining about a playmaker, a backup point guard, because Kyrie, you know, he's playing X amount of minutes. You let Delvadova go to walk in free agency. Mm-hmm. Say what you want about Delvadova, but he could have helped, which leads me to this. You know, the Cavs are, you know, there's trade rumors swirling around. Uh, you know, over the weekend, there was reports that, you know, they're they're linked to possibly have interest. You know, they could have interest in shelving back the Jazz point guard and the, um, or, or, or Philly native, uh, Detroit, uh, Denver Nuggets point guard, Jumeir Nelson. But then there was, a, there was a report that came out the next kind of shocked me in that the Cavaliers, approached the Sixers about a deal involving T.J. McConnell. This was according to Keith Pompey and the Philadelphia Inquirer. The Cavs approached the deal for the Sixers. Cavs wanted T.J. McConnell, and in return, the Cavs wanted to put the packs together involving Jordan McCray, but the Sixers declined to offer. What are your thoughts on that, that the Cavs are getting now? This, they're, they're getting desperate now, and they're calling everybody, including the Sixers, to say, hey, can we get TJ? Can we poach him off of you? TJ McConnell. Mm. Mm-mm. I'm I am if the Sixers um one, I already told you, I feel like TJ McConnell is a backup. Um I feel like he's a backup in this league at best. Um he has his highs and lows, but I feel like you could you you it, it wouldn't benefit the Sixers. Um, the only thing that, it, that the Cavs realistically could give up to be worth anything, like they don't have what we need on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you want to you want to wait for picks? Um, no, not me. I'm sorry. The process is coming to an end. Um, their guards aren't. You know, there's not one guard here that in in, in Cleveland is a two guard that I would want. Um, and besides that, they only have bigs to offer. We have a ton of bigs. No, no, thank you. Um, you find a third team that you know can pull off a, a, a very big trade. If I'm a Sixers, I don't. I, I stay the course. I don't need to move anybody unless it's like wow, you know. Good point, Angela. What do you think about that? The whole cast desperate looks for point guard. Said, "Hey, Brian, what's up? This is David Griffin. You know, I heard you got a point guard named TJ. You think we can get him off from? Maybe good make for him." Good for them. And I would laugh if every single NBA team said, no, we're not trading with you. Like, you can't sit with us. Um, <laughs> I just, you know, I, I, they're, you're right. They're getting desperate. And you know what? Screw them. Let them get desperate and let every team say, nah, dude, we're good. Because the thing is, like, they're what they're trying to do now, and what I think they're trying to do by like calling all these teams and like calling the Sixers about CJ McConnell, I think they're definitely like they like you know we mentioned earlier they're almost at the cap. So, is it like are they under the guise of trying to find a point guard slash unload some of their cap space, and that's why they had interest in someone like a CJ McConnell because they knew they could get him cheap. Mm-hmm. Like it won't cost that much to absorb um, his contract. So that's kind of what it reeks of to me. And it's almost like you guys got yourself into the situation. Get yourselves out of it. It would be the same thing if it was baseball. And, you know, this was the Yankees. And they were like, oh, no, now we need to sell some of our higher-priced players, like, you know, trade for guys that are making the league minimum. Nah, good for you. You made this mess. Deal with it. I'm sorry, I'm nah, not. Man. I'm. I'm not very forgiving with teams that I dislike. We hey, know. I, another thing. That. Another thing that is very well documented. So, and you know, like I said, friggin' the year that they ended up with the number one draft pick when they had no business being in the lottery whatsoever, and then they go and they <laughs> trade him, it was just spit in the face. So, you know, that took me from like not really having anything against the Cleveland Cavaliers to yeah, screw you guys. You're on my list now. Yeah. Hey. I think I think we all can agree on that. You know, the NBA lottery has been rigged for a few years. Mm-hmm. There's some there's some rigging going on with these ping pong balls and how they fall and how things yeah. uh, shake out. And like you said, they they lie. They got a lie in the bed that they created. You know, they're up against the cap. Only they can only blame themselves for it. So for them to go in the round searching for these back of point guard, they kind of made this mess up. So they got to figure it out. Not everybody's Howie Roseman. They can jump off huge contracts and make and make. Howie Roseman just saying. No, bean counter. <sighs> hey, not every not everybody can not everybody can move Byron Maxwell and, and DeMarco Murray in one year, in one off season. That's, I know, look, he's got some good deals that have his name on them, but let's be realistic. When it comes down to it, how he is a bean counter. He learned from King Bean Counter Joe Banner. <laughs> <laughs> so. This is this is true. This is very true. I can't wait to talk about that. I can't wait to talk about this when we get to when we get to free agency because that's gonna be interesting too when it comes to the It's either gonna be really, and... really eventful or it's gonna be really, really boring and we're gonna have a lot of angry shows. Yeah. And I don't wanna be on the angry show side of things. I like to have no. like positive positive right? you wanna have positive shows. Not angry. Listen, I know that I can pull angry go. off well, but I don't like to be an angry sports fan. Right. It's like it's like it's like do you think Stephen A loves to get angry every day on first date? Maybe. Maybe he likes no. to maybe he doesn't. No, does he, like know, to, we, does he like to scream Eagles, and get his blood pressure up? <laughs> the and the and the Eagles have gotten me to the point where I've gotten my voice elevated before. I don't like waking up in the morning sounding like I drank cigarettes and smoked whiskey. <laughs> so I don't think we don't want none of our teams to make us do no. that. No, no, dear Lord, no. Um, so the Sixers are making us very happy right now. Let's get back to them. Screw the Eagles for right now. We got a couple months before we can start talking about and getting subsequently angry about them. 
<laughs> no, no doubt. And to wrap up, um, we got to talk about one last thing uh, before we end this thing off, and that is Carmelo Anthony. The man, the myth, the legend himself, the dude that plays no defense, the dude that you might say he's a jack, he's a ball hog, every time he touches the ball, the ball will not swing around the court. It looks like his time in New York might be coming to an end, you know, and we're trying to see where will he go. Will he go to the Clippers? It's a possibility. Doc Rivers said, you know, that he would trade his son. He would trade his son. If it if it if it took to get Carmelo Anthony, if it was gonna make the team better, but obviously they had to get their team to facilitate that move because of possibly and Jamal Crawford. Yeah. <laughs> he trade his son. I think his son needs to like take a page from Bart Simpson's book and go get like one of those big brothers, big sisters, like get back at him. Holy crap, he trade his son. What kind <laughs> of version of what kind of version is Rump, of Rumpelstiltskin is this? <laughs> Yeah, I was kind of, I was kind of shocked he said that too. But apparently the Knicks have been the, apparently the Knicks were interested in Austin Rivers in the offseason. Apparently at a free agent, so we'll see what happens with that. So you got that. Well, maybe does he go to Boston? Could that be an option? Boston has the picks to do it and has a couple of young players they could move to do that. Or could it be Oklahoma City? Apparently there was a tweet that came out by Sam Amico saying that OKC is intrigued by the idea of adding a guy like Melo. But they know it's a long shot because, let's, let's keep it real, OKC does not really have a lot to give up at this right now. They're not in the best position draft pick-wise and player-wise. They don't have the talent to get there. So with that being mm-hmm. said, where in the world will Carmelo go? Will he be in L.A.? Will he still be in New York? And in hindsight, should Melo not even came back to New York? Should he went to the Lakers? Should he went to the Bulls when he had the opportunity to? Well, first of all, if I was Doc Rivers' son, I'd really hope he doesn't go to L.A. Um, but I should he have gone back to New York? Hey, man, that's why they call it hindsight. South Park mm-hmm. dedicated a whole running joke in a three-part episode about hindsight. That was the superhero, Captain Hindsight, who kept telling all these people just asinine stuff. Like, you should have done this, you should have done this. Well, yeah, obviously. You could always look back and say, Oh, yeah, I should have gone that way. I mean, he made whatever decision he felt was the right one at the time, and I guess I think nostalgia probably played in there a little bit too. But, yeah, nothing he can do about that now. And where will he go? He'll go whoever to wherever pays him the most money. And that's, it's it's going <laughs> to come down simple as that. I think there are going to be some teams that might get into a bidding war over him. Um but, you know, like you did just say, he is a ball hog. So, you know, considering, I mean, and there are plenty of ball hogs that have had great careers. And, you know, we had one on our team that, you know, led us to the finals that we all love and loved then. So, I mean, it's not it's not necessarily a deal breaker. But uh, I think that that might be a turnoff for some some teams, because I think that is a turnoff for some teams because basketball is just that game where in order for a team to be good and sustain uh, greatness, they need to be able to learn to work as a machine because that's like the one, it's a, it's a total like, team sport. You all have to know what the other one is thinking before they think it. So, where will he go? I don't know. We could, you know, hey, we could start it. We could start that hashtag. Let's start a lottery. Who wants to put up like 10 bucks and each, you know, pick a team out of the hat and whoever has the winner, we all win. Whoever buys it with drinks. No, I had a loser still win somehow too. Right. <laughs> um, God, I want to say my 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 biggest thing with with Carmelo Anthony is um I don't think there's really a um I don't I don't think it it would work for him as much in in um L A as everybody thinks um, simply because they they with Chris Paul's health being an issue. If Chris Paul is in there, then the trade is stupid, uh, period. If Chris Paul, you know, is there, now you got a whole new dynamic that you're going to have to take in, and that's it's going to have to take in at this point of the season. Kind of tough um, to look at, you know, saying, all right, well, Carmelo Anthony in there, it just got to work. No, the same thing when, when Golden State came out at the beginning of this year. Um, you plug in a player that demands that much, um, that much of your offense, it becomes a, a, 
it becomes a, a piece of work. You have to be willing to put in the work to do it. So um, with Chris Paul not being there right now, that, that it's kind of tough to say that trade is, is, is a good deal. Um, I think there's going to be a dark horse to come out of this. Um, I'm not opposed to thinking that Cleveland will eventually make that stupid trade for Kevin Love. Um, that's like more <laughs> higher on my list, but I really, I, there, there were a couple other um, possibilities that I had seen, um, and including um, one that involved the Spurs. Um, now, I don't see how that would work. I'm, I'm guessing, you know, Paul Gasol would be rejoining um, Phil Jackson in L.A., I mean, um, in New York. That 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 one seems far-fetched to me, too. So it's one of those touch-and-go things. I believe Cleveland has the, the inside track because – They'll be giving them back. They'll be giving them Kevin Love, which I don't know how that fits in New York, but New York obviously wants it. Um, they'll be giving them Kevin Love, which is the best of the players that they could possibly land for him. Um, I would in that trade. This is where I bring back um, bring back your trade talk for Philly and Cleveland as far as. Um, as far as what's the guy's name, um, T.J. McConnell going to Cleveland, it would involve New York willing being willing to give up a player to come here. Um, and now you've got to look at that too. With what will be what will we be willing to take from New York on a guard aspect? Will we take the injured injury prone Derrick Rose? No. Um, will we be willing to one stop shop? Um, what's his name? Um, Brandon Jennings. Brandon Jennings. Um, I I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not big on that. Um, and we all know, like you know, Cleveland is obviously when they're looking for a big deal when they need a third team, they're going to call Philly. I mean, it worked so well with them the first time. Um, so we. I mean, it's going to be this. Carmelo is going to be a very complex story for the next week. But I'm going to say I'm going to go out on a limb and say if he doesn't end up in Cleveland, he doesn't go anywhere. Mm. I like that. I like it a lot. I think that's where we're going to end it. If he doesn't go to Cleveland, then he won't. He'll be in New York, and he'll probably, though New York probably will release him in the off season. Then he's everybody's uh, he's everybody's uh, hand. And hey, you never know. You never know. You never know. Melo and D Wade could join LeBron in, my, in, in Cleveland. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. weird things can happen in the off season, and that's, that's one of the things that I think could happen. Save them. <laughs> it could happen. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm not just. It would be sick, but mm-hmm. that, that would be some sick stuff. Well, but, uh, you know what? That actually really could happen because if there's one thing that has been proven, it's that LeBron does really enjoy a good spectacle. That is true. <laughs> LeBron still does love that. No, worried about that. That would become a media frenzy. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can already see it now. Media day. LeBron, Melo, and Kyrie all taking a picture together. Uh, stupid Maroon uniforms. Well, I mean, we'll hashtag that title. Um, we'll hashtag that title. A king with no defense. The king with no demons. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag, hashtag a king with no defense. A king with no defense. I like it. I like that. I like Wah, that a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's going to wrap up the podcast here. I really thank everybody that's going to be tuning in checking out this podcast. Like I said before the show, you can check it out on blogtalkradio.com, Bachelor the Tuning Radio app, and on iTunes. Just go on iTunes. Podcast section, search the TSL podcast host with live, hit that subscribe button. Like I said, make sure you subscribe to the Deals Podcast, the Real Philadelphia uh Real Philadelphia uh sports podcast. Uh make sure you subscribe to Attentional Icing, which is all about NHL and hockey related news and news and talk whatever done by Alex and uh Katie. So you know, make sure to check that out on the uh on the podcast and also as I said, make sure you 
Check out ColdSportsLive.com. A lot of content on there. Check out ColdSportsLive.com. Uh, like the Facebook page. and uh, Check out. on. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter as well, at ColdSportsLive. Follow me on Twitter, at Joe Monson. Follow Angela on Twitter, at Angela Monson. And follow KidWiz on Twitter as well, at KidWiz215. But I think that's pretty much everything. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. Remember, this podcast is for everyone. Everyone is welcome. No one's getting banned from listening to this podcast. This podcast is for everyone. Oh, oh to I was waiting for you to take a stab at that. No surprise we actually got this far. <laughs> this podcast is for everyone. We don't ban no one. Unlike our president, we don't ban no one. Everyone is accepted to listen to this podcast. Everyone is accepted to to be a part of Total for Slime and be a part of Yes, we love everybody. Not we don't ban nobody despite ethnicity, religious beliefs, and nothing like that. But, heck, that's what makes us different than our current 45th president. But, like mm. I said, make sure Hashtag you make sure. Said. I just walk 10 followers. <laughs> just go down right there. But, hey. My Twitter follow is already abysmal. I'm losing them already. I can hear it. Oh, I can hear, I can hear, I can hear the sound. It's like the, 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 the oh look, but uh, <laughs> make sure to uh, like I said, make sure to check this out. Tell your friends, family, whatever. Make sure to subscribe, and we'll talk to you guys. Maybe we'll do another one. Maybe we'll do another one this coming. We really enjoyed this one. Maybe we'll, we may do it again. So make sure to get subscribed so you can check it out. And this not we'll be back next week because it's Super Bowl Sunday next week. We got a Super Bowl to talk about. So hopefully that's Ooh. pretty good. Go Falcons. Go Falcons. <laughs> I apologize to my best friend, Chris Dorman, who I loved dearly. It was a filthy, filthy Patriots fan. But go Falcons. Yeah, go Falcons. Go Matt Ryan. Go Dan Quinn. Go Julio. Go everybody. And then hopefully that's the game because then we'll have something else to talk about uh, uh, next week. And, you know, we'll be able to decipher the game and all that jazz uh, here on the podcast. But for me, Angela, and Kid Wiz, Everyone have a good one. Enjoy the week, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye, everyone.